This episode is brought to you by Shopify. Whether you're selling a little or a lot, Shopify helps you do your thing, however you cha-ching. From the launch your online shop stage, all the way to the we just hit a million orders stage. No matter what stage you're in, Shopify's there to help you grow. Sign up for a $1 per month trial period at shopify.com slash special offer, all lowercase. That's shopify.com slash special offer. Hey, movie lovers, today we honor another horror movie here on Anatomy of Movie, so stay tuned. Welcome to Popcorn Talk, featuring movie discussion, news, and interviews. Popcorn Talk, we talk movies. And now, here's Popcorn Talk's Anatomy of a Movie. Ladies and gentlemen, it is Ari Aster's feature film debut with Hereditary, and that is the movie on the slab today, if you will. We have Dimitri Panos. Hey, movie fans, what's happening? You guys know him. He's a regular. And joining us today, you guys might know him. He's done behind the scenes for us, and he's also appeared a couple times for horror movies. You know him from Horror Movie News, if you watch that show. Anthony Becerra. Hello, everybody. Can't wait to grab my scalpel and uh, cut this movie open. And I'm Phil Svitek, excited to be here with each and every one of you guys. couple things administratively out of the way. First off, a very warm welcome as we dive into this very warm movie. <laughs> uh, secondly, if, uh, if you're joining us for the very first time, A, understand that it's going to be spoiler-filled, so you've gotten your warning right here, Boom. right now. There it is. We, so if you haven't, go see the movie, and for a movie like this, there are going to be spoilers, so... I highly recommend tuning out, going to see the movie, then checking back in with us. And of, and lastly, of course, if you want to follow along, we do have our rundown in the description box. It's got a lot of great information that we'll try to touch upon, but may not always get to every single little bit of information. So that's there for your convenience. Without further ado, though, we start with overall thoughts to kind of give you an entry point into, obviously, what we thought. And... Uh, Anthony, why don't you kick us off? You're the guest of the show today. Uh, sure. Um, I was a little thrown off by the, uh, the the score that we're listening to because that's like the ending of the film, and that's so eerie to me, especially with the uh, like the demonic like uh, core choir or chorus at the end there. Um, I really enjoyed this enjoyed this film. Um, I think it's one of the best horror films I've seen in a long time. Specifically because of how it made me feel and how I wasn't able to shake it off for the next couple of days and how it truly affected me on such a deep level emotionally that, like, even I noticed it, like, right away. It's like walking out of that theater. I I drove home and I couldn't even bring myself to turn on the uh, the radio because of the way I felt, and I liked how it made me feel, and I wanted to revel in that feeling a bit more because it's something I don't feel walking out of theaters that often. And for that moment, for that, for that, for the sake of that alone, it's it's something that has deeply impacted me since I've seen it, and I've been since I've seen it, I've been wa- I've been wanting to do nothing but watch it over and over again. And so far, I've only seen it twice so far. But overall, I really enjoyed this film. You really want to pay tribute to Payman, huh? Yeah. <laughs> oh, hell, Payman. <laughs> and Dimitri, what about you? Look, I, I think this this is a movie that um, has some of the scares from The Conjuring. Uh, it has the languid creepiness of The Witch. And, you know, with a dash of Rosemary's Baby in there. Uh, I think it's well executed. Um, pacing, we can discuss a little bit, but I, I thought that there's, it was a little overlong. Um, 
It's definitely not the movie that the trailer sold, which I know we're going to talk about. Um, and it's it's a good horror movie, but I do not believe it's the be all end all of horror movies that I've that have come out recently. Um, there, for me, anyways, there had been scarier pictures. Uh, not that this one didn't leave me creepy. I mean, it's a very creepy movie. And I think uh, from a direction standpoint, from a creative standpoint, uh, they, he, he does some things that are a little bit different. Um, like showing you where a creature is, like in full frame, where sometimes it's usually uh, shaded out, blacked out, or not in the frame, and then it becomes in the frame so there were there were there were interesting choices that I really liked, uh, but I also there was a lot of Wes Anderson in this movie, that 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 was <laughs> between the miniatures and the way that he moves his camera very simply, uh, the way Wes Anderson will use miniatures mm. and he'll do like just pins or tracking shots, uh, which I found very interesting in a horror movie. Uh, but there's something that's happened with this movie too that 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 I don't like that that this. This movie has built up a pretentiousness um, of people going, well, if you don't like this movie, then you're, you're not a horror fan. You know, horror isn't just jump scares and slasher films, which I agree. But just if I don't like this movie as much as maybe other people, it doesn't mean I don't know horror. I, I, I like to believe I sort of kind of do. Um so that's been happening here, and nobody really has been saying, well, you know why the reason that people don't like this movie is because they saw a trailer that sold them a bill of goods that the movie itself was just clearly not. And we'll go into more marketing and why I feel that they probably did that. Um, I mentioned before, it is from the people who produced The Witch, and it has that similar kind of pace, and it draws you in. Uh, when we get to talking about the end, I actually felt that the, that that the end of the witch was more earned, and this one was ten minutes of exposition, which I'm not entirely sure I needed because I was getting it. And there's another reason too when we talk about the the end. But oh, Tony Collette, you hadn't mentioned Tony Collette for genre movies. I think her performance is as good, if not one of the better performances in a genre picture that goes right up there. Uh, as good as, like, a Vera Farmiga. As good as almost a Mia Farrow. Yeah, I was about to say Mia Farrow. Um, um, she is also, she's wonderful. I mean, she's great. It's not something you always expect in a horror movie. Um, so, kudos to her. The rest of the cast, too, I felt did a really good job. Uh, but I'm going to dissect this movie when we get into talking about how I've seen it's it's people doing like stupid things like really a seance. How many times in the movies have seances gone right? <laughs> so, um, you know, but like I said, it delivers chills. It's a scary movie, but not the scariest movie I've seen, but scary nonetheless. I think, you know, for for my money, it's a very metaphorical movie. Uh, much like there's a lot of comparisons, and I don't I don't want to spoil by any means Mother for for anyone who hasn't seen it, but it's it's very much part and parcel of that as far as the marketing. You get one thing, but the movie delivers on another, and it's very very metaphorical. Um, both are relatively contained into a house overall. Mm -hmm. um, this one actually goes beyond a house, so at least that's nice to see. 
and, but you really even what you watch like let alone the trailer is not what you get in the movie the movie is not what you're really getting and you have to kind of think about it on a deeper level and it's interesting to think about it in those terms as far as metaphor uh, you, you know you, you certainly like when you look at superhero movies they're supposed to be metaphor of sort of us as heroes in a sense but we've all essentially kind of taken it very literally. I feel like there's there's um, apprehension against anything that that forces us to think. But to the same time, I think some of it, some of his first time directorness of a feature film comes through, and it's a little too much. It, 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 like for example, you know, we we can talk about certain things, but like the cutting of the head off the pigeons and so forth. Very like, hey, look, we're about to foreshadow your head is about to come off meaning Charlie's. Mm-hmm. And so it's, I think it's just there just to foreshadow. And it's cool that there's things there. Like if you really rewatch it, I'm sure you noticed the second time you watched Tony, um, like the pole itself, when they're driving to the party, they right. stop on the pole. Foreshadowing. That's cool. Yeah. Um, but there's other stuff that's a little bit more gratuitous. So anyway, that's my thoughts. But to your point, though, <laughs> this is a far more accessible film than Mother could ever want to be and pretend to be um, regarding the metaphors of mother, you know, had they not been spelled out what this is about the environment, like the environment, like what the hell is, you know, today I'm still scratching my head. That movie made me so angry. That's this movie didn't, this movie has more of a through line. So, you know, I always find that, that, that the best movies of really good movies are ones that you can dissect and you can dig deep and, 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 and go for metaphors and symbolism and such. But on a simplistic level, they, they should be able to just be watched and they should, you know, they can evoke a feeling, whether it's horror or not or comedy or drama. But then when you want to dive deep, you can. You know, I think Hereditary is that type of a movie where you can get you can talk about motif, you can talk about symbolism and, and motivation and metaphorically, but you can also look at it as a horror film as well. So I think this movie leaps and bounds is a far better movie than mother mm-hmm. uh, is, but from a marketing standpoint too, there was that similar thing. Well, let's on. kick it off in terms of, we, we've used the met- word metaphor multiple times now. That's fine. What is, what is the ultimate message or whatever you want to call it theme of the movie? What's the takeaway? Um, For was, you, because I, you uh, I certainly have my, you know, a certain the takeaway of this. Um, it's uh, at its core, it's a it's a family drama that experiences a great tragedy in the family, and it's 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 a study of how sometimes the family doesn't recuperate from that tragedy and they slowly start to spiral out and lose it it's like a it's it's a it's self-destruction of the family um because of this uh, tragedy that they experience and it slowly turns into a nightmare and it's a study of this family that just doesn't isn't able to recover and sometimes that's just how life is and sometimes families break over tragedies like that what about you dimitri what was the well, yeah, I mean, it's it's the demons that that can be carried within a family, and it's and it's not only its history, but its present and its future. The demons that 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 can plague a family, whether it be through tragedy. I mean, ordinary people is is a movie, not a horror movie, a full on drama, 
but a movie about how tragedy can tear families apart. Um, there was another movie not too long ago in which, you know, the, the, there was a family tragedy and it and it tore a family apart. And this this one, because it's a horror movie, like the demons can be metaphors as well. I wish they were more metaphoric than they were actual, you know, because like I said, the last 10 minutes of the movie explains everything to to such detail um, that it doesn't leave any imagination as to what's happened here. So that actually was a little bit of a of an issue with me. But for me, it's the demons that are the, that a family can take, whether it's a matriarch passing away, uh, a, a family, a child passing away. Uh, I think Tony Collette said it very, very well when you talk about the demons of a family from their past. When she has that monologue in the the um, the grievance group, uh, amazing performance. I mean, she's so captivating. But I think it said I think it says it all about the dynamics of the family. And there was a tragedy that just that that was it. That was the fatal blow. Yeah, I mean, for me, it's very much as the title implies. Uh, you know, you, you whether you want to or not, a lot of the stuff, you know, I'll use the word shit, a lot of shit from your family can get passed down to you whether you want to or not. Yeah. And I use the word shit in this case very deliberately because yeah, by no means does Peter want any of this. Res- mm-hmm. I don't even want to call it responsibility, but that's the only word that comes to mind in the moment. Yeah, he's, he's <laughs> always trying to escape it. Every time he, he, he lights up that that lighter and he smokes a bowl, that's that's all he's doing. It's all escapes, escapism from like the bullshit that his family, that he just does, does, doesn't want to deal with. And so he, he's, he's a recluse from his family. Well, and, and Steve sort of represents that to the father in a sense of like not knowing how to deal with this. What what one of the things where where it really starts to unravel though is we we teeter this very fine line between psychosis and supernatural, and you don't know what's what's real and what's not. And I appreciated that. And then when it comes to it is actually all supernatural stuff. It almost it it, it takes too much away because in thinking back on it, I'm like, okay, well. Y- like with Paimon and, and, and his any of his abilities and things like that, it wasn't quite as set up and it doesn't have the same impact as it should. It, it, isn't, it isn't an epiphany moment. It's like, oh, this is what it is? And uh, Dimitri, you seem to share my similar feeling yeah. on it, but Anthony, you don't, so I want to get your perspective. Yeah, so, um, sorry. Um, I actually didn't get that when I was watching the film at all, I knew it was supernatural from the get-go. I don't know how. I just knew it was like, yeah, there's a cult behind this. Um, not once did I think the mom's crazy. Not once did I think that Tony Collette is losing and this is all in her mind. Like, n- n- never, in the first viewing, never did it cross my mind until I heard people talking about it afterwards. Where like, yeah, like some, there's a, there was a theory that was like going around that was, that it's all in her mind and this is all like a sim, sim like symbolism for, um, for uh, mental illness, but um, that's com- that's all dispelled at the very end. Um, so it's it's hard to speak on this because I didn't actually see that when I saw this film. Um, I I knew I, I I picked up on everything. I picked up on the symbols. I picked up on the necklace and the the, uh, the signs from Payman and everything. Um, so it, uh, but apart from that, like I I was still able to enjoy it. Like it's uh. I guess I could I could agree with you that everything is kind of 
spoon-fed to you at the very end of the film. Um, but I still, it didn't really take away much for, for me in, in reality. And I mean, if anything, it's just like for audiences to really like, no, this is what's been happening and it's all real. Well, it's not mental illness. Like this is, this is what it is. It, it, you know, for me, one of the interesting, like when I look at it, and I talk about the foreshadowing, right, with the with the cutting off the pigeons uh, right. very early on. Remember the classroom scene? They say, like, they're talking about, I forget what Destiny. Uh, it was Heracles and... Uh, yeah, it was yeah. almost the same exact thing that was being taught to Laurie Strode, <laughs> except hers were the five elements in Destiny, between Destiny and Fate. It was right. almost that, it was almost a similar parable being taught in this class. That's the first thing I thought of. I actually oh. read in an article that the same line that was written on the board for Peter was written in, in the same in on the classroom for the first yeah. Halloween movie yeah. about like escaping that's, your destiny right. or your fate. And that's like pertaining specifically to Peter who's like trying to run away from this fate of like having all this family like shit uh, being unloaded onto him. And I think that's what it is at the very end of the film. As much as he wanted to escape all of this from his family He's a, he he takes on the burden once he the crown is put upon put on on his head. But does he though? See, this is my other big problem. What do you mean? With, this is my other big problem with the movie. He dies. Yeah. He does not make that choice. This right. is my difference between the ending of the witch and the ending of this movie. The ending of the witch, you have a girl who's in this super fanatic religious right. family that Protestant is so times. fanatic yeah. they get thrown out of their own religious case in New England. Right. They go, they build up this whole thing, this whole supernatural thing goes on and at the end of the movie the girl has a decision right? and she makes a decision and she becomes part of a coven or right. believer of Satan. With that Black is a Peter. human with Black Peter. Yeah. In this, Peter, Peter. in this movie, <laughs> he dies. Right. He's not given the choice. He just dies. The little sensor thing that was in Prometheus <laughs> now is he gets what? taken over. Like what? that light, that bright, that oh, yeah, that's supposed light to symbolize that... payment and everything. Yeah, 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 yeah. Also, just to point out on that scene when he's on the ground, do you notice how like the shadow that leaves him? Yeah. But it's also Tony Collette's uh, body's. I thought it was really cool, like yeah. symbolizing two things. Yeah, uh, no, it's 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 all good, but his choice is taken away. He is taken over. Right. And so it's not like it was a humanistic it, right there it takes out the humanistic element. What do you how does it take out the humanistic element of it? Because his body's taken over. His dead body is taken over. No, but the symbolic gesture here is that he never had a choice, no matter what he could have done, this was gonna happen to him eventually. Then that's something that happens to, in life. You know, it's 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 it is life. It's death. It's like you know. It's, and then his body was taken over. This is what I'm saying. Like he had no choice about he he didn't make the choice to become part of this cult. Just he like died. he didn't have the choice to be part of this family that was so broken. But he died and his body was taken over. No, but the, besides the, that, it's not. It doesn't matter. That's 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 at face value. You gotta look. But yeah, yeah have, so yeah. looking past but that, it's symbolic he, of him taking on the responsibility that he was always not running away. On of, he's not taking on any responsibility. He's dead. He's not taking on a responsibility. His body is taken over. If he was in this situation, much like the girl in The Witch, 
And and he says, you know what? I'm going to give in to this. That is a humanistic choice. He's dead. His body gets taken over by Payman, goes up the stairs, and then we're spoon we're spoon fed as to what's going on here. So he let, doesn't let have a this. choice. Well, let me ask this: would, would would it satisfy you if he realized he didn't have a choice that one way or another he was going to die, and therefore just let him let succumb to Paymon and be like, okay, overtake my body? At least it would be, again, at least it would be a choice or you try to escape from where you're at. And the, the other thing, too, is we've seen people jump out windows before, unlike, like, The Exorcist, which... Clockwork you know, Yeah. Very <laughs> Clockwork yeah. yeah. We've seen people jump out windows before and they, they, they've, like, lived. So it was... I didn't know whether or not he was going to live or die, but then they, they purposely show that that's a dead body and that dead body... Now it's just become a vessel for Satan. So, Amen. same thing. <laughs> um, so that to me, right there, it's like it wasn't a humanistic choice. It was a humanistic choice to jump out the window. Uh, there may have been like maybe some hope that he could survive the fall. I don't know. Um, but in the end, he's dead. So he has no choice. So he becomes this payment, he becomes this god, and then we're fed. oh wait. Well, so then well, he so does. because he doesn't have the choice, does that take away from what the mean the the meaning of the film is still trying to gesture though? Like, as in that he yeah he just gets taken over. He's got no choice. Like he's just taken over. Well, he, 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 I still don't, okay. Here's the here's <laughs> what you guys are illustrating is a far gr- larger point, and Forbes here here's a pair. Of, paraphrasing from them. It's hard for psychological arty horror movies with an unhappy ending like Hereditary to do well because for audiences they tend to either not be scared enough or be too scared. So they have a two-thirds disadvantage. Like Goldilocks, it's neither too hmm. hot it's 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 either too hot or too cold, never just right. So you're the one-third but that see, liked it. But, but let's go to yeah. Rosemary's Baby for a moment, right? Rosemary was manipulated. Okay, she doesn't die at the end, but she's manipulated to do... She doesn't die, she's not taken over, and she realizes the horrificness that's been done to her. Right. Okay? That's horror. When you are being raped by the devil, right, you're carrying Satan's son, and you're not given the choice in that, because that choice had been made by other people, like... That is something, I mean, she's alive. That, to me, is more horrific than a dead body that literally has no choice and no say in what happens, and then it just gets taken over by an entity. But what you, also what you just said is described, is also, like, shown throughout the whole movie, um, that, that whole element of, like, it, their lives being controlled by this cult the whole time. I wasn't buying that they were being controlled, like, because, but they were, again, though. but I don't buy that, that, I do believe that Tony Collette's character had some mental illness because the mom had some mental illness. And even though she was in this, even though the mom was in this cult, let's right. call it, Tony Collette didn't know anything about the cult. She she didn't even know her mom was into spiritualism until she found the books. Right. Like, so regarding the necklace, she didn't know what that, and I noticed the necklace yeah, too, yeah. and I was like, oh, this is going to pay off sometime. Mm-hmm. She didn't Well, that's know. the problem. I think but, that, that that's the inherent problem is that when you start to try to blur the line between is this real, is this not, as opposed to just kind of having it be outright supernatural, then then that's where it starts to deteriorate. What starts to deteriorate? 
the whole crux of it as far as wait it you know if, if tony if, if if annie herself was worried about you know her mother and she was into weird stuff she knew that she was into culty stuff but that that also it it, it gets sort of sidelined because she had did and you know the, the the family has a whole history of everything right and so it's like okay, it, it just it just tries to raise too many questions very early on, very deliberately, and then says, but hey, didn't we fool you? We're going to take that away. And it was the supernatural stuff to begin with. Right. Yeah. And that's that's my issue is that it tries to be too clever about it. You know, it's, it's to me, it's like the same, you know, speaking of uh, Tony Collette, yeah, she was in The Sixth Sense. To me, it's like that same thing. To be honest, I think I think that movie hinges on look at me as a clever filmmaker rather than something deeper because it and, hides a fact and I like the fact that throughout the movie at least for me I was guessing well it's pretty harsh what she admitted about her son and wanting to wanting to like burn him in gasoline and like to me that's a mental illness that has nothing to do with the supernatural she's a in, little bit off a rocker um, and, and, but I liked how it kept me guessing yeah. So, because she didn't know about this seance stuff. And that to me is another thing. Like, if somebody suggests a seance, and especially when you go, well, what language is this? And the person says, oh, don't worry about it. That's when I start worrying about it. I don't know. I can, I can appreciate the cleverness. I didn't think it was, personally, I didn't think it was trying to be too clever. I think I really appreciated it, like that little swerve um, after I heard about it. And I started, I went back for the second viewing and I was like, oh, I can see how people can perceive that she's uh, mentally unstable and why she's doing some of the things she's doing um, but like the whole paint thinner incident to me was her her subconsciousness trying to protect her children because she knew deep down within herself that her children were in danger and it was all and also the guilt she feels at where she says that in the uh, in the uh, the grievance counts uh, grievance group she said that she, she's to she's to blame that it's her fault and I think that comes from her subconscious. And she says, she's like, what are you to be blamed for? And she says she doesn't know. I think that's her subconscious is trying to break through, saying that I had these babies and it's my fault that they're doomed from the beginning since I had them. But no sane person, no sane parent tells their kid flat to their face. Yeah, and that was all a dream. And if you notice, that's all a dream. And that's, that's again, her subconscious is breaking through, telling him that. Like, I didn't see that part. That's a dream. That at the end they end up go, they end up being lit on fire. That's a that's a whole dream sequence, and that's a that's a take that's going into her psyche, and telling him why like this happened, and it was because she was afraid, and then she had him because she was forced she was forced to keep him by her grandmother, be, be, by her mother because the mother wanted to put the soul of payment inside of her of her firstborn son because she tried the mother already tried to do that with uh annie's brother and he hung himself because of that same reason and uh, who knows what happened to the father but i, I think you, the problem is that they each care like as i as we talk it out loud each cater each character teeters too much on one and the other where they got to be a linchpin and, and hold a specific viewpoint you know what i mean so if let's say in the case of annie Why? she what, because you can't like it, then it creates too much discussion. Annie should be like, no, my mother was into supernatural stuff. I know you all think I'm crazy. I'm not. I'm gonna go this do the seance with Joan because I like this is this is real. And you guys and whereas Steve and and Peter in particular, they're supposed to be the ones of like, she's freaking crazy. 
You know what I mean? And she and and now because of the death of the mother, it's triggered a whole lot of other stuff. And you know, in that sense, like there's that loving side to both of them. Like we get it. You lost your mother. You didn't really like her, but then you lost the daughter. And the way that happens, which we which we definitely have to talk about. Right. But but you have to have a stance on it. and can't fear one way or the other. And then the end Wait, takes what? away all of that, though. I don't. I, I I don't. I just don't get the whole like why it can't and how it should be like part of what you're saying because most characters in any movie have a hard stance on something and the arc Mm -hmm. is generally them learning oh wait i gotta change my views right and she and i don't think she was aware as to what was happening to her at all yeah she wasn't yeah so and 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 to me the way that it was played was the choices that she made we as the audience understood but because she never said anything to the family, they were sort of left in the dark. So you can see the misdirection or you can see that the miscommunication and the confusion upon the family. But then at the same time, it did make her appear as if there was like this mental illness that was hereditary. Again, to me, this is a metaphor for the demons that that are in this family, right? Mm-hmm. But then at the end, it, it's nothing of that is left to any imagination. I mean, I think I think the I think the great conversation is how much is mental illness? How much of it is supernatural? Is there supernatural? Um, but she too clearly gets taken over after her husband burns, who to me is like the biggest tragic figure in this because he's just trying to like he's burying his head in the sand. Yeah, he is burying his head in the sand, but he is trying to like move along and try to play play nice guy in a sense right and i found it interesting that when she first threw the diary in or the book in he starts to or she starts to go on fire and then was she setting him up to be lit on fire because if he threw it in he would go i don't know what was happening but he ends up becoming toast and that's where things start really let me ask you this are there too many ideas in this movie despite the slow pace i mean even if there are, was like so what? <laughs> well, that, that's like, a pro- here's. The, I, I will know. say I, from I having made movies, me. yeah, having having made movies, to be honest, like the more singular an idea you can put into a, to a movie, a book, a, a piece of song, whatever it is, the stronger it will resonate. And you know, I, I think it, it. I guess, yeah. I, I mean, I, I let's let's shift gears a little bit. I mean, into it, Charlie. it does have that like that through line that this is a family drama, like it's. I mean, um, it does. I mean, it does have a lot of things to unpack. But I mean, the through line, like. But it switch to me. It switches conveniently based on the scene. Like it has very powerful individual scenes. Mm-hmm. It really does. Like the the dinner scene uh, between just the three of them. One of the most powerful scenes yeah. I've ever seen in a movie. It's the death of yeah. of the girl. One of the most powerful scenes I've ever seen. Uh, so. So and when we talk about the reveal as far as her not not wanting him and you know trying to to have a miscarriage, very powerful scene. But it's it's it, in a way it's what's convenient for the scene, not what's true to the characters. I feel. Yeah, and I don't think that like so. And again, it's just going back to my earlier statement. I, I think part of what makes good horror movies is able to. Um, look into them deeper whether it's metaphorically or not that's one of the reasons why Halloween is my favorite 
horror movie uh, because you can just look at it as a suspense pot boiler, and that that that's a movie that builds. Um, <clears throat> same thing. Well, I mean, I mean, The Exorcist is just a scary movie, and again, it's dealing when you talk, it's dealing with with family drama with, with, with the priest who has some issues as well. There's lots of them. There's lots of themes in The Exorcist that can easily be um, explored, or you could just look at it as right. a possession yeah. movie, right? The same thing with going more modern and current, you know. Uh, the Witch is a movie that you can talk about, whether it stands on religion or turning or your feminism. back on religion. Yeah. Um, feminism as well. This movie, too, uh, you could accept that the end is so hand-fed and it, the exposition was so purposeful, it sort of kind of negates whatever conversation that you'll have. It's like, oops, they were doomed, fate happened, he's dead, he's now payment. it's a cult, that's all it is. Done. And, and and nobody has to live on in that family with the burdens of what just happened to them because they're all dead. So yeah. they don't continue to go on. I'm, it's not like Rosemary is still alive at the end. Yeah. It's like I know that they tried to make a shitty sequel on TV and it didn't really well, work. Well, I didn't even know that. that. That's funny. But, um, you know, I, I mean, she's still alive and that to me is the horror of it all. Damien, uh, the original Omen, you know, the son of Satan, and, and Gregory Peck, I mean, Omen lives. I mean, that's a downer of an ending. Like, the devil lives at the yeah. end. He let's, let's, so, I, I yeah, want to bring sorry, it back but, to this yeah. movie, though, specifically, because at at number one, yeah. I feel like we're spoiling way too so, many movies. Number two. Well, well, if you haven't two... seen these movies... Well, I can't assume that everyone's seen every. Are you saying that there's nothing like left up to discussion um, because of the fact that it just all leads up to like a cult and everything? Yeah, I mean everything's told. You're you're told exactly what happens and what it's all about. I I mean I disagree. I think it's cool like dissecting the little bits of like the imagery that you see and how the cult was able to control everything from the get go and how. Um, like that whole thing about Annie's subconsciousness coming about, that's why she, you know, that's why she didn't want to have uh, Peter. That's why the mom wanted, uh, the, the grandma wanted to control, to have Peter. That's why she took over uh, Charlie. Like, there's little bits of things here that are, you're able to talk about. And on top on, and on top of all those little bits that are in the movie, um, you can also have a discussion of how this is a reflection of our time and how... Um, it represents American helplessness and how, like, w- we as uh, citizens of this country, especially in this time right now, feel so helpless in controlling our lives and who dictates our politics and our our rules of governing. Yeah, and that's all fine. I, I get that. All I'm saying is for the movie, to me, it's far more interesting if... Because everything you just said about the movie is... It, it was all dictated by the cult. That's it. Like, there was no, like, it, it takes away, I mean, again, Tony Collette's character, again, as Annie, Annie had no idea that her mom was into the spirituality of right. this all, right? So Annie herself felt that her mom was off her rocker, that she probably, because she felt like she wanted to kill her son and burn her son um, with, with turpentine and a match, these aren't, these aren't things of a sane person, and so that teetering is, wow, is the stuff that's happening around them, do you go, is it live or is it Memorex? Is it real or is it in her head? And then when it's all explained that it's not in her head, 
they were all guided and I get the hereditary factor of right. it all but then it takes away well she really wasn't mentally ill she was just guided by this 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 was a family thing and now she's part of this cult I mean to me when we talk about the death one of the interesting things which, for me which death uh, the death of <laughs> the death of Charlie the okay. Very, okay the very important death early yeah. on yeah uh, I I thought it was very interesting to stay on Peter the whole time and the way it went about it. Right. To be honest, the way it cut, you know, afterwards we get her scream and all that, and then we cut essentially months later and so forth. I almost thought that <clears throat> Peter was trying to pass this off as if she had gotten herself killed somehow. Because we know she sleeps in the treehouse, mm-hmm. and, and Peter's been asked multiple times... Like, hey, where, where's Charlie? He's like, I don't know. Mm-hmm. And there was the, the very deliberate lines of, oh, they're home. So oh, yeah. I thought for sure, oh, they'll think they came home. Then they wake up. It's like, where's Charlie? I don't know. And then all of a sudden she's dead. I, I, and I'm not saying I disagreed with the way it was played out. I, I think it was far more interesting in that sense. But, but again, it just they set up these little clues for me that didn't. And then switch them. May I ask so you, a question? you were misdirected, pretty much. Overall, yeah. As well, far as that, misdirection oh. doesn't it doesn't bother me in a, in a horror movie. But I'm going to throw this. I'm going to put this throw this matzo ball on the table. So, but once we find out, once you piece these, once we're given the answer to mm-hmm. this, and you think of the movie going back. So Charlie was supposed to be. Payment. Right. This is the way that I get it. Charlie dies of this horrific accident. So then, they well, choose. she died because she wasn't a man. Right. They needed a man. So she was a yeah. <clears throat> she was a temporary vessel for payment. So she dies and then goes into uh, poor Pete. Um. So once you figure that out, you're like, oh, okay, that was. It, 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 everything is explained. Like it, it takes away from what you were saying about well, that—that's her horrific death. And we knew that something was going on because Charlie was seeing things that nobody else was. She was seeing demons, whether they be in the funeral home or or, or in school or right. in class. Um, she too was not necessarily, uh, you know, cutting off a bird's head and such. Um, so you figure something's up with her, um, and and it's just once it's spoon fed, it takes away all question as to what was going on here, and that to me, like for a good horror, sometimes you know you're meant to feel uncomfortable, and the movie does to effect make you feel uncomfortable many a time, but it once it explains everything away, you're like oh okay, it's a supernatural movie, it's really not. Everything's laid. Everything has been laid out for this poor family, and for everybody before them. So wouldn't that wouldn't that same sentiment be felt then as well throughout like um, the witch and also Rosemary's Baby? Then since it's all kind of spoon fed for you at the end, and the exposition is just like boom, cult, boom. It was Black Peter. Rosemary's Baby. She doesn't know what the hell's going on with her the entire time. Neither does the family in Hereditary. We're talking once. We're talking Rosemary. The family here, they're they all die. Everybody dies in that family. So that bloodline's gone. 
So I don't know if they ever do a sequel, but that bloodline's gone. As far as the witch, and I forget what the girl's name is, she already was showing sparks of, of, of rebellion, right, going, going into this as a, as a teenager. And she wasn't necessarily buying into any type of supernatural, but she knew that the, that the religion was so harsh on her that her freedom was to, like, she just... Right, yeah. Well, once, once Peter the Goat starts talking, like, that's a very chilling moment. Mm-hmm. And when you see her floating up in the air, she's like, okay. Like, she made, she made a decision. Mm-hmm. She didn't have to, but she made a decision. She saw her mom get killed, her dad, her brothers, her sisters, all through this tragedy. In this movie, this family was just not given that choice. And I understand fate. Fate plays a huge part in Halloween. But they're dead now. So there is no more bloodline for them. There's no carrying on, and I don't know where payment goes from I'm here. Gonna, I'm going to move. Go I'm going to move the because con- I feel like at this point we've spent 30 minutes on the same question. So I'm going to I'm okay. going to move it along a little bit. But this I, is what I find is good about discussion on these kind of movies. I, I mean, do. I just also you know, know our I fans if, if we keep right. repeating the I, same. I, I, yes. Which, by the way, if, if, if whatever <laughs> side you're on or if there's a third angle to all of this, Are by all means, ask them. I'm uh, just asking questions. Uh, d- by all good means. questions. I'm not saying don't. <laughs> hey, listen, I'm going to take you all out for beers and we can ask, keep going with that same question. But uh, I do encourage you guys to, to leave a comment, rate, and let us know what your opinion on the matter is. Uh, I do want to switch it for a moment because... This is maybe similar to it, but at least it moves us forward. Very deliberately, the sound is part of something. And it it almost, interestingly enough, becomes a simulacra of itself because my movie theater in particular started doing that. Ugh, uh, I would hate that. but, But because there was, in a sense, for me, sometimes... At times, so little to grasp onto, and the, and the, by the way, this started happening the later the movie got. Did it? it? Okay. Well, because at that point it was like, okay, where is this headed? And people sort of started to see, and I did too, start to see the unraveling of all of this um, into it's either going to go really well or it's going to be slightly contrived. And in this case, it was slightly contrived, and it just became, you know this thing that you that people had to do to release tension and just be like, okay, I'm, I'm watching this and it's not going the way I want, so I'm gonna I'm gonna turn it into something it's not supposed to be because it's already not going the way make, I want it. Right. Can I, I'm gonna ask a question. But now uh, you've seen it twice. Did you see it together the first time? At no, all, him or? and I have not seen it. Okay. Together I, saw, at all. I saw it bo- both screens. I saw it in like super skeleton. Uh, uh, theaters, as in, like, there was almost oh, really? nobody around. Really, yeah. really? The, the, oh, okay. Yesterday, I saw it at 11.30 in the morning, and okay. there was only four of us, and one guy walked out. And what about what about, what about about the first time? The, it was a Sorry. Thursday night at 11.30, and there was, like, oh, about 15, maybe. So it was the preview night. Yeah, so, it was, okay. yeah. I didn't I, I didn't have the, the luxury to watch with the crowd, which I really wanted to. Can we, I, I mean, to. can we go into, then, at the very least, because I want to talk about my audience, too. Yeah. I did not have that happen. I would hate that. I, I, yeah, I'd I would cuss have, someone out. Well, but, but here's, here, here's the thing, and I guess this is, you tell me, Captain, sure. my captain, if we can, <laughs> no, seriously, if we want to talk about, do it a bit, the, I want to talk about the trailer. Because I know the theater that I go to, my neighborhood theater, is very big on horror films. They're very big on action films. They love going to these kind of movies. Like, the, my neighborhood, where I live, 
horror is really big. And and I can honestly tell you that seeing a horror movie uh, at the theater that I go to, which is, I'll just tell you, it's Baldwin Hills. It's a Cinemark theater. It is so much fun to see horror movies with this crowd. They are fully engaged. They get fully scared. They scream. They'll yell back. The audience will yell back at the screen. They don't do it in an obstructionist way. It's just they're engaged. And to me, it's fun to see. To ha- There's an energy uh, in there. I wanted to talk about the trailer because the trailer sold, sold a particular... Horror Julie, movie. play the uh, play, we'll, we'll play like the first thirty seconds or something like that. Go ahead and pull that up when you're ready. Um, but yeah, yeah, I agree with you. It was it was very much dictated on this little girl, or at least from my perspective, and sort of her essentially being possessed, which isn't necessarily untrue. And the uh, clucking, and the, the clucking, the, the, and <laughs> if I really look back on it, I to be honest, maybe I'm. I we we joke a lot. Maybe I took my stupid pills this week, but uh, <laughs> I don't know what the hell the clucking is besides a weird noise. Oh, and, for it's the, just a cool device for a movie. For the, like, as it, in it, like, turn it up a little bit. As in, like, for the film, what it is, or like, what? Yeah, the, what's what the greater? Points? What's the point of it? Um, I mean, yeah, let's listen. And then we were. This looks like a, a clip from the movie. This yeah, this is the trailer. trailer, please. Trailer. Um, but uh, I don't know. If, I, I guess you could take it a couple of ways. I mean, it could just be like a weird effect that they wanted to play with the sound, or it could be like that's exactly what it is. It's just a weird effect they want to play yeah. with the sound. But it could also be like you have a de- a spiritual demon that's inside of a little girl, and the little girl doesn't know that it's it's this demon. So naturally, the, this little girl is just a weirdo, and she just clucks. <laughs> like it's an expression of like an entity being inside of a body that doesn't isn't used to then read that. this out loud it's to make things start she isn't gone I don't like this dad I don't like this I think my mother put a curse on us. Oh, I love that scene. Oh, I want to go watch it again. See, that, that, okay, <laughs> just from that, it, it, it sets up a very supernatural movie with no element of disease as, as far as mental illness. This sets up a conjuring type of a movie. Yeah. It's basically what it looks like. So, going into this... I can honestly tell you, I did. I I had the theater that I saw it in was I would say about eighty percent full, and this was on a Thursday night at about seven o'clock. It was about eighty percent full, and like I said, for, for for most horror movies, this this audience is very engaged. I can honestly say this audience was wandering. They were getting up. They were going to get more concessions to get more popcorn. They were taking their time. They weren't. They were not. They were not engaged. Now, I had known only because they said, they had sort of set this up like producer of The Witch, that the story was going to play out, that it was going to be sort of this deliberately paced, uh, as I lovingly say. This audience, that's not what they were getting from the marketing. So I think with, I don't know how else you market this movie, but I think with that bait and switch... 
hence your extremely low cinema score, right? Because they were fed something that they expected that trailer to be played, that type of a movie. They didn't get that. This was two hours long, and it's, it's, it's very slow. And that's an hour less than what originally was supposed to be, and it's, you know, in that sense, it was it was was originally supposed to be two parts. I feel like you're fidgeting because we're making you upset. My ass is hurting. Uh huh. (laughs) (laughs) Thanks for that lovely. I'm sorry, these seats, man. Um, (laughs) But it it was supposed to be two parts overall, and it, it very much feels two parts in that sense. And you know, one of the interesting parts is like, uh, when when the cast talks about filming the movie. When, when the, the long shots are held, they were very deliberate. Like, they, they said, we're going to shoot you and we're going we're gonna to stay on you for a long, long time. Which I, which I totally respect and appreciate because cool. I think that that is an art that's lost in a lot of filmmaking today. We mm-hmm. talk about it here. Some movies are so over-edited. They never, they never stay on a character. We never linger after a line of dialogue has been said. And if you linger on a character, it lets that thing set in and... Mo- and I get that. All I know is that the audience I saw it with, they didn't get it, and they wanted no part of it. They'd rather go get their popcorn and Coke. Some <clears throat> may not have even come back. Um, I got to say, I don't know. I, I think, thinking back on it, I think this is the best way to, to market this film because this well, film is not for everyone. Like, if, if they were trying to market the film to what it, it truly was, it wouldn't have gotten, like, asses in seats. And yeah. the way it was, it worked. It was a successful film at the box office. Um, I, I think the, the marketing worked, in my opinion. Oh, I didn't say that um, it didn't work. Oh, okay. I just, I, all I said is, I don't know how else you market this movie. Right. A24 had to market it this way, and I completely get it. I mean, it gave them their highest uh, box office opening. But their drop is going to be, I believe, I feel... Which is sad. It's going to be substantial. It's so sad. You have to kind of look at it this way, too. At what cost? Like, there, there, there's a side to it where... Yeah, I forget the term right now, but but where companies make a lot of money, but they, they, they dishonor the customer. And eventually, mm-hmm. in the long run, it affects... It starts to affect the bottom line. And I also, you know, for um, for Ari Aster, you know, when, when I speak about him, I think... I want to see him as a filmmaker. I want to see more of his movies. I think he... Listen, he took a shot, if nothing else. He knew what he wanted, and he went for it, and I applaud him there, and I want to see more of his stuff. So, truly nothing but the best for him. And so I worry that by doing that, it is a disservice to him. I just don't... Mm. I just don't get... And coming from from Lionsgate, uh, where we cheated a couple of movies, you know, with the trailer, it's, it's what you have to do... Um, in order to get butts and seats, mm-hmm. and that's what you want to do. And and horror now is on this the, 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 this great wave. Um, everything's cyclical, and right now we're riding a very high wave. And when you see this trailer on whether it be uh, it uh, or, or like an Annabelle creation, or I, I forget what other movies I saw this trailer right, on. Right. I mean, it plays well, and 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 so. But at the same time. It 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 angered people, um, it, you know. Hence, you get a D plus instead of maybe um, a B. Maybe if you if you had like gone out in art houses, um, but I get why they wanted to go wide, and I don't. Um, they they should have taken the shot. Take the shot, do it, get it out there. 
A24, I think, delivers great content and great variety. I've said this from the beginning. Uh, since like seeing movies like Ex Machina, they take, <laughs> like, yeah, they, yeah. They, they take <laughs> good risk. I think they, along with people like Neon, they're great for our business. So I don't, I don't begrudge them going this marketing route. And you know who I always look forward whenever there's the A24 logo on a trailer that I see. I said, hmm, it's going to be interesting. And and again, I didn't hate Hereditary. I just didn't love it as much as everybody else. Um, there were there there there's disdain for this movie, but I I, I can understand why yeah. there is. I, I get that. It's not being discussed. Everybody's like saying, if you hate this movie, you're not a movie lover. You hate horror movies. It's like, no, they were they were sold a bill of goods, and they didn't get that bill of goods. I'm glad that you liked it. I liked it, too. I'm glad some horror fans like this movie. But I can understand why the mass audience did not. Right, yeah. Just like Mother got an F on Cinema Score. <laughs> okay, an F because that's how you market that movie. They, 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 it's just that they cheated the trailer. You have to. Um, this movie, I think, was better reviewed than Mother was. It was like a D plus or something. For Cinema well, Score. For Cinema, Cinema Score was yeah. a D plus, but I'm talking like oh, yeah, the just critics flat loved out reviews. It. Yeah, a lot of critics loved it. This movie did far better, better review-wise than Mother did. And, right. I, and I said, this is a far better movie. I mean... This is this is an approachable movie. I can I, I get I can watch it. My issues with it are part of the storytelling, but I didn't I didn't hate this movie. But I sort of kind of knew going into what I may be getting that I was going to get the stretched out movie. Two parts. That'd be I don't know if I'd want to come back for the second part, and I don't know where they would. Yeah, stop. the original cut was three hours stop long. Stop it. Yeah, that's that's a long. I want to see, well, I want to see that director's did, cut. It did make thirteen million over the opening weekend, as as you predict, Dimitri. I think you're right. It's a huge drop off, um, but certainly made back its money, kind of with the budgetary at least. Yeah, it was like what um, ten million. I ten mil. Oh. Yeah. Uh, so so at least it's it's got that for, and it, I don't know. It'll be interesting to see uh, it, it in this framework. What's interesting, Ari Aster wants to make a movie within every genre. Right. So the fact that he approached this and, you know, he says, I have loving parents, so don't think that this is my family <laughs> on screen. Yeah, yeah. Uh, so he, he feels very blessed in that way. He was an avid horror film, a uh, horror sure. fan uh, growing up. Yeah, and, and let's, I mean, you know, just, just talking about a little bit of the production when I was doing some research, I found that to be very, very actually fascinating. So... Even several years before the production began in 2017. Um, so Astor actually composed detailed biographies and backstories of every oh, single wow. character cool. that he wrote of. Um, and then, and that's even you know prior to writing the screenplay. So he had everybody's background all all all, all written out for him. Um, he also designed a seventy-five page shot list outlining his specific vision for the cinematography. And this is well, he didn't even have financing yet, so he had everything meticulously done, which I respect because mm-hmm. we talk about people who don't do that, mm-hmm. and it shows. Um, so I really um, appreciate that uh, he. Um, as far as doing his production, like this movie, uh, believe it or not, that the, the the house, the house was built, built on set. It was yeah. built on a set over um, in Utah. Yeah, yes. it, which is 
which is amazing. But I get it. When you hear him talk about it, it's like, you know, if we used an actual house, it would have been more expensive. Believe it or not, he goes, we would have had to have taken down walls. I needed a house that that, that I could move a camera through. Um, makes sense. Also, uh, he stayed away from from tropes of, of, of what make up haunted house movies that, that we're aware of, whether it's creaky floors, this, that. Although, eh, the attic is a haunted house trope, and that the attic became a very haunted attic, so to speak, right? Um, you know, and he uses uh, seeing Tony Collette up on the ceiling. We've seen this done in horror movies, walking on the ceiling. I can remember The Exorcist 3. Uh, using this to a very creepy effect. But it was done well because we always saw that character up there. Mm -hmm. Um, Like, the last hour really ramps up whatever tension. When when he... When... when, uh, um, what was the boy's name? I'm sorry. Peter Peter goes up into the attic and he's being chased and she's on the attic door pounding her head in. Oh, yeah, that's so cool. And I was like, really? That's creepy stuff. Yeah. Can't can't deny it. So I appreciate what they did from my uh, from the construction set. of that yeah, set and, and constructed the, the, the treehouse too. Yep. Well, uh, speaking of the, let me let me hope maybe this will creep you guys enough uh, <laughs> and leave a lasting impression as we wrap out. <laughs> Millie Shapiro for a lot of her appearances, she wore oh she wore like a dress of sorts and, and <laughs> I heard about this. It was essentially like a it was a it was a, it, let's just say this it was like trucks. On shirts and, and, and buses and things like that, and uh, with the with the hatch off or whatever. Topless cars, topless yeah. cars, and uh, <laughs> and uh, yeah. Ari looked at her. He's like, "Oh wow, <laughs> what a sense of humor you yeah, have." I believe Peter at one. Uh, I mean, uh, Alex Wolf looked at her and she's like, "That's really dark, really <laughs> You're dark." Yeah, so she was like poking fun at her own character and like all the decapitated decapitations that happen in the in the movie. Yeah, it's so nice. funny. Yeah, yeah. That, that, that's nice. Now, Clever I mean, one. from a, from a box office perspective, it is the movie is up to twenty million. Hey, okay. that's good. So you Double. know, for a movie that costs ten, ten, yeah, um, and a movie yeah. that's so polarizing too, and like it's not for everyone. No, it's 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 not for everyone. But that's but that goes to why I think that the marketing, why they had to market. Oh yeah, exactly. I, I completely agree right. with they, you. They were yeah. taking advantage of the high wave that horror is on. You cut yeah. a trailer like that. You get thirteen million. It's twenty million dollars in right now. A twenty four is like, you know what? Yeah, we would love to have a second, third, yeah. second and third week, but we're, we're we're doing okay right now. Um, that's not bad because we had a really big opening for a movie that cost ten mil. Yeah. So. Also, I appreciate what you said too, <clears throat> Phil, because like I didn't realize about like the whole disrespecting the customer in the sense, as in like they're giving this. There's, they're giving the customers like the runaround in a sense, and like who knows if uh, the the mass, at least the mass, uh, the masses of uh, like uh, moviegoers will trust uh, A24 with another horror film. Like who knows? We'll see. I what mean, ram- I think ramifications it, 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 this can hold. It's, it's tough to quantify, so yeah. All I, all but I'm definitely going to keep an eye but, on. But, like, but how all I can look. tell you though is like coming from Lionsgate, it didn't stop people. Like, we had this movie, Bug. This is the one that always... I've, I've referenced it before here. We so cheated the marketing. People got so pissed off at that <laughs> movie. But we were still able to release Saw, 
hostile. We were still able to release open water, mm -hmm. um, th things like that. So no, I don't think it's going to tarnish A24. What what it potentially could do is the horror fans like yourself and whatnot, uh, they will buy the streaming or the the the, the hard copy, the Blu-ray. Uh, oh yeah, I'm <laughs> not personally. If I, I'm not, I'm on the fence as to whether or not I need a you know I need to get the Blu-ray, but it could affect that later on down the line because not so many people will will buy a Blu-ray, but they Got may it. stream yeah. it. They may stream it once it comes out on demand. They may spend the six bucks to watch it at home, mm -hmm. and then they may turn it off. All right. Well, we've uh, we've exhausted ourselves. So. <laughs> Our time, well, not ourselves. <laughs> Our time, certainly. So uh, we're going to wrap it up. Um, but thank you guys as always. If there's there's plenty more that we could talk about, lots lots in discussion for a movie like this. So by all means, we encourage you to participate in whatever ways, whether that be the comments section, whether that be social media, which we will give out in one moment. All that is there for you to participate and continue the conversation. And in fact, we do love the conversation. If uh, Dimitri really loves it, but in particular with this movie, and you will make Anthony's day if you participate in the conversation. So, would, yeah, I would love to talk to you guys about this. <laughs> Speaking be of which, kind. Yeah, uh, to always. Tony B Tony underscore for Tony. Yes, and uh, you can find me there on Twitter and Instagram. Hit me up with uh, everything you want, anything you want to talk about, specifically movies. Not that good at anything else. Um, <laughs> and also, uh, catch me on Tuesdays at 4 p.m. Pacific time for horror movie news. Uh, last week we did a spoiler-free sort of review and first impressions of Hereditary. And now it's been out for another week. We're going to do a, a spoiler-filled review, spoiler review of the uh, of Hereditary coming this Tuesday at 4 p.m. with my co-host. So. And at the movie 1701. Yes. Uh, I'm not on Instagram because what do you need to see more pictures of this? Hey. So, uh, hey, yeah. Um, but yeah, at DMovies1701, you uh, can always catch me here in Anatomy of a Movie. I've been doing a, I've been asked, I've uh, been a guest host on Meet the Movie Press, which has mm -hmm. been a lot of fun. You should check that out. Uh, and then, you know, we've got so many movies coming out this like in these upcoming weeks. Yeah. Like, I can't crazy. wait. I can't wait to talk two, about Tag. Tag. Incredibles 2, Jurassic World. Super flat. No, Mission <laughs> Impossible. <laughs> lots and lots. Uh, if you are Park. a true horror movie fan, yeah. we do have a lot of movies in our archives, so check that out. And we do have also, obviously, upcoming movies. We've got Halloween. We've got It Part uh, 2. Suspiria Part two? Re remake that I'm looking forward to. Look at that. So much to look forward to. I'm at I'm Phil Svitek. Thank you guys for joining us. We'll see you next time on peace, another peace. Anatomy movie. Bye. Hell pay, man. producers Maria Menounos, Kevin Undergaro, Phil Svitek, and the entire Popcorn Talk Network, we would like to thank you for tuning in. For questions or comments, be sure to visit popcorntalk.com. I'm Sir Richard Wentworth, and this has been a presentation of the Popcorn Talk Network. The views expressed herein are those of the hosts only and do not necessarily reflect the views of the Popcorn Talk Network or its owners or principals.